I feel like Paddington 2 is one of those kind of like the best sequels like the Toy Story 2s and those sorts of things where it does everything that the first one does but it just ramps it up and does it better. Hugh Grant, phenomenal. Like he's in that bit of his career where he just either he doesn't care or he just wants to enjoy himself or both and he's I'm so here for it. I just I, I, I loved him in, in this. I just want to say like unless I miss something they sent a bear to prison with no evidence. <laughs> Everyone, welcome to this episode of Flixbuster Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Helen. Hi. Neil. Hello. And Lizzie. Hello. And we're going to be talking Paddington 2. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes. And thank you to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his editing skills on this podcast. Please do remember to head to Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can do a rating and give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. And also, if you want to join in the conversation with us, do find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod or on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Neil and Lizzie. Over to you, please, Neil, to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hello, I'm I'm Neil and I'm a film blogger, I suppose film and TV blogger. Uh, I also occasionally podcast here and there, including on this one, of course. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've heard you. I've heard you. <laughs> Uh, I've been a big film fan for many, many years and yeah, it's just something I've always been passionate about. I love writing about them and I love watching them and uh, that's me. Fair enough. And yourself, Lizzie? Hi, um, I'm Lizzie. Um, nothing as exciting as Neil. I don't blog or anything in my spare time, um, but I'm also an avid film fan. It's actually how me and Neil were set up. We were set up on a blind date by a mutual friend because we're both really into films. Nice. Seven years later, it's still going all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's 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 pretty much me so did you go and film dates the first dates or was it just hi you go into a corner and talk about your films and don't let anyone else hear you <laughs> kind of conversation i think from what i remember neil tried to come up with something film themed mm. um but we just ended up going to a pub um I, yeah so it's, it's an easy first exciting, day, isn't it? yeah i, I was well, looking pub, yeah. for like a film themed place to go for a drink and a lot of the places like a lot of the pubs in films are either fake or just horrible in real life so i just I just couldn't find anywhere and then we went we ended up at we went to uh sherlock is it sherlock or sherlock holmes in sherlock holmes charing cross yeah which is uh yeah it was very nice so we go there every year for our anniversary where are you where do you live in london uh we're in woolwich so southeast oh, okay because uh, an, an, easy, an easy one would be to go to what is the boogaloo in in highgate uh north london uh and that was the inspiration for the winchester in I was going to say Scott Pilgrim, not Scott Pilgrim at all. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I'm sure that's that's probably quite good, actually, to go to a lot of, go, go to film pubs, pubs from films. Um, there must be a, an Instagram about that somewhere. There must be an Instagram there, account. If there's not, yeah. let's set one up. There's got to be like a film pub tour yeah. or something like that. And if not, then I'm trademarking that right now. <laughs> <laughs> London film pub tour. Yeah. So we're here today to talk about Paddington, which is your choice, Lizzie. Can you tell us why you chose Paddington? <laughs> and uh, and then give us a synopsis in 60 seconds or less. I'll get the timer up in which to do so. Yeah, sure. 
Um, I chose Paddington 2 because I just love it. I just think it's the perfect family film. And it does what all those great family films do where it's got something for everyone. So it's got the it's got the jokes and the wordplay and the puns for the adults, as well as like the cuteness and the colour and the fun for the kids, but also has real heart behind it as well. Um, so yeah, that's why I chose it. Cool. And the timer for your 60 second synopsis starts now. Um, so Paddington 2 is a sequel to the first Paddington. I believe it was released in 2017. It's a live action animated comedy film. And it follows, obviously, the story of Paddington Bear, who's living with the Brown family. And the main focus is on um, him trying to get a birthday present for his Aunt Lucy, who's back in Peru. But the book uh, that he wants to buy for her gets stolen and thus leads on to a big action comedy caper. And I won't say any more. Um, it is a caper, yeah. isn't it? Pretty I'm going to just ask Helen a quick question because I'm not sure the answer to this. Helen, is this the first time you've seen either the Paddington film? Oh my God, so... No, I really don't. I'm no I'm pretty way. sure I've seen them both, but I I can't for the life of me recall. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've Neil's seen. Neil's dear listener, is a. Uh... I have a feeling I'm going to be a little bit of an outlier in the conversation tonight. I, I, I'm I think I've seen it before. As in not in the last not in the last couple of days. Oh, no, I watched it for this because yeah. I was like, I really need to make sure I have seen this. Um, but yeah, so Lizzie and Neil, you've seen this before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We saw it at the cinema together, I believe. Um, oh, right. And yeah. then, cool. yeah, we've seen it like loads of times since then. It's definitely got good, uh, good rewatch. It's great when it, comes to, when it came to Netflix as well, because it's not, it's not that it's difficult to watch, but also just things like that. Netflix makes it way easier to watch. Because both mm. of them are on there, Paddington 1 and Paddington 2 are on there, which is like, oh, right, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we realised until we were kind of like deciding on what films to talk about today. And then I was like, oh my God, Paddington's on there. We have to do Paddington. So, so yeah. why did you go for Paddington 2 versus Paddington 1? I mean, I love them both, but I feel like Paddington 2 is one of those kind of like the best sequels, like the Toy Story 2s and those sorts of things where it does everything that the first one does, but it just ramps it up and does it better. Um yeah, that's the main reason why I would choose that. And also, like, Hugh, Hugh Grant is kind of the, the the MVP in this film. Let's be honest, as much as they love everyone else and everything else in it too, um, Hugh Grant is just absolutely hilarious. He's gold. He's so good. Where where do you sit on Paddington 1 versus 2, Neil? Yeah, I think Paddington 2 is a superior film. Um, and I, I know that people say, oh, the original is always better. No, it's not. Uh, Toy Story 2 is better. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is better. We can carry on with this for a bit. Maybe not that long. <laughs> uh, but Paddington 2 is just so much better. It's funnier. It's got more heart. And they don't try and do the same thing. Like they, you know, they did the whole thing in the first one where, you know, he's an outcast. He's a, he's not really that welcomed. Then he is welcomed. And they don't try and do the, they try to try and replicate it. They just sort of carry it on the story where the Browns love him, trying to get him back to safety. And it's just, it is genius to have Paddington... Uh, get into trouble and all he's doing is trying to buy a birthday present mm. it's just so clever because it just they just of, of all the things that could happen he went to prison all he was trying to do is buy, buy aunt lucy a birthday present and that was it very clever and yeah i completely agree with lizzie hugh grant phenomenal like he's in that bit of his career where he just either he doesn't care or he just wants to enjoy himself or both and he's i'm so here for it i just i, I, I loved him in in this Helen, have you, so you're not. Have you have you worked out if you've seen Paddington One yet? Because I'm going to ask you the question: One versus two. So, I definitely think 
this one is more memorable. <laughs> is that because it's the only one you've seen? <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the first one in things like this, they're always kind of like the scene setting and you kind of have to get to know everyone. And then by the time you get to the second one, you don't need to waste time on that. So you can go straight into the story and kind of get into it a little bit more. And you kind of have an idea of what the audience wants and what things you can push a little bit further. So it it, it feels more kind of comfortable this time around with Paddington. You don't need to have intros to everyone and, and kind of explain why there's a bear living in a very posh area of London. Um, I'm going to book the trend here and actually say I, pr- I prefer Paddington 1. Ooh. And I think the reason is both just the scenarios I saw them. So Paddington 1 I saw, um, it was like a Sunday morning screening, like 10 o'clock. It was me by myself, as in I went to the cinema by myself, but surrounded by like families and all the kids were like laughing their heads off, absolutely like enjoying it. And I, you know, I got the buzz off them. And then Paddington 2, I saw it again by myself, but I went to like a, a mid-afternoon screening like on a Thursday night, on a Thursday, because I just couldn't, couldn't be asked for work that day. And then there's me and other single blokes like smattered around and there's a different there's a different cinematic experience (laughs) (laughs) whereas i can i can definitely concede that there's uh, definite benefits one versus two but just that first that first introduction to it also because paddington one it was such a surprise because i was just like how is this film even going to work in at all and you're like oh it actually just really does so um i liked i like it when it's Ex, far exceeds your expectations and two I was expecting to meet it and it did better than I thought it was going to do I was, again I was like well how are you going to beat Paddington 1 and it does but in my heart it's a I think it's a Paddington Paddington 1 thing uh, but Hugh Grant I mean we've had Hugh Grant on quite a few times Helen I was just looking back quickly we've had him on Notting Hill which is old sappy new Hugh Grant um, Bridget Jones Diary which is um, he's definitely towards the the tossery Hugh Grant. So I think this phase <laughs> that people talk about him being not the sad sap is actually goes back quite a ways. It goes about 20 years. I think that's, mm. that's probably the first time we, I was like, oh, actually he's playing a bit of a knobhead and it does it, it does it well. And here it's just, it's just like finessing it every single time. It's finessing every, every single um, appearance now, I think. Here it's the narcissism he has in this world. It's just he's so yeah. funny. Like the bit where, <laughs> Like they're in his house and it's he's got like all those pictures of himself and they're like all his old kind of like acting shots, which are just hilarious. And the way he gives himself up, like he kind of like the way that um, Mrs. Brown figures it out is that he happens to mention like, oh, the beautiful blue eyes. Blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he just can't help himself. Like it's just it's just those sorts of little details that are just, oh, it's just so funny. Yeah, I love it. And have you seen the, has anyone seen The Undoing here? No, no. I think, is that the... It was a series. I forget what it was. Now. Yeah, it's a series. Oh, that's him and Nicole Kidman, isn't exactly. it? Oh, yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah. two Paddington villains. Uh, yeah, uniting. exactly. Yeah. Um, and there, here is it. There is an also moustache twirly, even though it's a moustache uh, twirly villain style as well. So he's definitely left that four weddings and a funeral phase behind him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but pirates and adventure of scientists as well. I think he's probably Helen. We need to th- someone who's listening. Can you go through our our filmography he's about the most a boy? Featured actor. Yeah, about a boy. I don't know if it's him, <laughs> the gentleman. Uh, I'm not even sure that's come out yet. So, and this year he's come out with. Um, he was in Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and also Glass Onion, which is a scope of last year. 
was a very was a very small cameo obviously but i mean he should just come on here like forget his films like you come <laughs> come on i know you'd have some fun he's got a good sense of humor well now he's able to talk now sag's closed now the sag uh, strikes finished as we record this um yeah mm. he'll be able to yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing that's stopping him. He's he's quite uh, moustache twirly in uh, in Dungeons and Dragons as well. I think absolutely. Yeah, I I did enjoy him in that. I didn't totally love the film, but it was he was just it's just like that seems to be just what he does now. It's just it's ridiculous and it's pantomime and it's fantastic. So he's just been typecast in two different fr- in two different ways now, hasn't he? Before he's <laughs> the, the foppish guy, now he's the kind of moustache twir- twirly villain guy, which is yeah, whatever you want, I guess. Or, or an Impa Loompa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see how, but, but at least so Umpalump Wonka is being directed by the director of Paddington One and Two, so yeah. that's the main thing it's got uh, going for it. I think I feel uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Paddington as a, as a, well, just talk about Paddington and the Browns. Anyone to pick up on that? Um, I love Paddington. It's just, <laughs> and I, I think the choice to cast Ben Whishaw because I know the original originally it was Colin Firth and they decided to recast it because they wanted a younger sounding voice and I think that makes sense because I think Ben Whishaw's got that he's got that kind of perfect kind of combination of like kind of like a, cha- a childlike quality whilst also still having like emotion and heart yeah. and depth and I just love him and I think the relationship between him and the Browns is it's just really pure and lovely and sweet and it's 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 what anchors the film really isn't it because that's the the whole story of the first film is in finding a family in the uk mm. and then what anchors the film going forward is the love that the family have for him and vice versa that's why they want to save him when he goes to prison and the bit where he thinks that you know they've forgotten about him it's just like heartbreaking <laughs> like no paddington i still love you yeah i fully agree i think um i think the browns are a really interesting family though. They're a good dynamic as well. Like they, they all just get along with Paddington in all these different ways and he helps them in all these different ways. So they've got a very good, like he slots in so perfectly, but not just with the Browns, with the neighbors as well, as you see oh, yeah. with, with this, with the second film, especially minus, I forget the character's name, but the one who's a bit of a busybody. Um, oh, Peter Capaldi's character. I yeah, can't remember his yeah. name okay, either, yeah. but he's the one who's kind of like, it, 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 and it's kind of factoring in like not to go like too, political or anything but it's kind of like the whole like you know um anti-immigrant sentiment i guess you yeah. know and the, the way that you know he's like oh i'm raising the raising the level to mild hysteria you know when uh <laughs> when paddington escapes or like when paddington's like cleaning the gutters and the and he's like i wouldn't want an undesirable on my roof you know and things like that but he's the only one like the rest of the community really like welcome him in and i like, want him there those yeah. little comments are so, so interesting because it, obviously it's done in a Paddington light-hearted sort of way. But if you just break them down, they're pretty horrible comments if you really look at them. Like, he's not a, not a particularly nice person. Maybe they'll change that in the third one, but although they'll probably be mostly in Peru, but, you know. But no, that's think... also one of the reasons why I love the film. It does that, but it doesn't mm. moralise. It never feels like it's kind of preaching to you or being soapboxy. It's yeah. just like, here's a multicultural, diverse London and here's an immigrant being, like, welcomed into a community. And it's not like a smashing you over the head with a hammer it's just you know this is part of the story it's just normal um yeah yeah and it's accepted yeah and that's great yeah i like that i think that i think you need some kind of you've got the villain you've got the big villain the big bad i guess in hugh grant's uh character but then i think you also have that i think there'll always be and i think the films will always benefit from a smaller antagonist where um, 
which just kind of gets under people's growth, under people's kind of skin and helps helps the other community kind of um, band together as well. Because the no, no one else in the community like Peter Capaldi's character. They all recognize him as a as a busybody and, and a mm. bit of a, a bit of a twat. And it's good to see them like coalescing against him. And Paddington doesn't really care about him. He's just like, mate, just like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Um, but everyone else is defending him, defending Paddington, on, you know, on, on their behalf. And it's really nice to see that. Um, and with the Browns, I think I, I, I think I fall in love with Sally Hawkins every time I see this film or, or any of the Paddington films. She's just like, oh, delightful as a person. Um, Helen, I think I think Paddington is okay. Like, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people really, 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 really love this film and it's got a lot of heart and it's very sweet. But I don't know. I just, I, I think it's okay. And I, I find, I find Paddington a little bit kind of stressful. He's a bit problematic <laughs> to have around because he breaks stuff and he's gets marmalade everywhere. Um, and on your like, hair if you're um Tom you're like Conti. what mr brown's like at the start of the first film when yeah. like you know paddington's like flooding the house and whatever and mr brown's like having a heart attack about we're, it we're, yeah. we're about to witness your transition from not not really liking him then to loving him It'll happen. maybe <laughs> i mean it's really weird like netflix said i was there's a 55 percent chance of me liking this and it's recommended <laughs> some pretty terrible films much higher than that so it was a very strange experience i mean it's it's very it's it's you know, it is it is very sweet. I think watching it this time round, I think <laughs> uh, I was a bit like it's an awful lot of Wes Andersoniness going around in in this film, which uh, I feel maybe people kind of in, enjoy that bit with the prison uniforms and the and the framing is very Grand Budapest, and there's a few bits in there with the breakout. Um, but yeah, I mean the Browns. They're, Sally Hawkins is great. I feel that they're 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 all quite posh, and it could have been done with a little bit more variety, possibly, to make it a bit more. I don't know, a bit more <laughs> edgy, a bit more like the real streets of London. It's very much a a kind of Mary Poppins London, isn't it? I think mm. maybe it's that a little bit. A lot of people love it. Hold I on, mean, you say you don't like Mary Poppins. My, not not massively. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm kind no. of. No. I think, like, it, it feels, a, it's, it's, I think when I was getting towards the end of watching it, it felt a little bit of a kind of, like, extended John Lewis advert experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> I know I people have it. it. I know you, people, like, I really tried this time. I was like, I really need to to get on the Paddington train but I don't know. And also, I don't know if any if you watched Passages this year. It yeah, was yeah, and if you've sure. seen Paddington and you, you watch that, it's quite a strange <laughs> audio experience, no spoilers. But you're like, Oh, there's Paddington's voice. <laughs> oh, I didn't think that. And now I'm gonna think that. No. Now I can't Sorry. watch Paddington ever again. <laughs> I kinda get it though, because I don't feel he he he's suited to the gritty streets of London, but maybe something a bit more real and like less of a you know massive high-rise townhouse situation but i don't know i, I still like it, it, it it's, I, it's I interesting it. you, it's interesting you say that about wes anderson because i think most people noticed in like the prison section like the the aesthetic of it is very wes anderson but 
I noticed that too, but I, I'm not a fan of Wes Anderson films at all. I think they're just, they're too, I like the, the, they look beautiful, but I just think they're too kind of quirky for the sake of it. And they don't make me feel anything, most importantly. I think the thing with Paddington is that like, it always makes me feel something. Like, so I think that's the difference. It kind of, it has that kind of chocolate box cuteness, but it's mm. also got like real heart and emotion behind that. Whereas I feel like Wes Anderson films are just like, oh, well, they look very nice, but they don't do anything for me other than that. So maybe um, but I know Helen, I'm an outlier. So we, we, Helen's a big West Edison fan. Flip, yeah. yeah. So it's like literally the yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a poll. Maybe we need to spread that wider. Can you like Wes Anderson and Paddington? Um, well, yeah, because I like both. I do. Um, yeah, I think Neil. Yeah. I, think Neil <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think yeah. that's the two extremes that we're trying to bridge the gap. <laughs> but you know, it's it's fine. It's it's very sweet. Like, and and I do know a lot of people love the slightly chaotic bear. Before we get to the scores, there's one thing you touched upon. Well, someone said Paddington train. Uh, but I want to talk about the prison sequence and also the train sequence. Um, the prison sequence, I think it's, that's where you, you would get Paddington against all the criminals and, you, you know, who, how he wins them over in spite of the fact that, you know, miraculously everyone's wearing pink because of one red sock, um, which didn't go, which only went into one machine. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird plot point. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of big plot points. I just want to say, like, unless I miss something, they sent a bear to prison with no evidence. <laughs> because if he stole the book, like, what did he do with it? Because they've arrested him and put him to, they sent him to prison. There was evidence. There, was, there were paw prints and there was no book. Where there was, was the no, book? There was, no, well, there was no book. But then no, they can't send him to prison for that. Kind of not well, he wasn't, he wasn't, and he wasn't just sent to prison for that. He sent to prison for one of my favourite jokes in the film. Where the prison guard says you're sent to prison for uh, grand theft and grievous barbarly harm when <laughs> you shaved the judge's hair off. Yes, <laughs> just, that's the, that's it the, makes yeah, me it, chuckle every the judge single had time. Judge had a against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah. Partly he got sent to prison for like bad haircuts in London. There'd be no like barbers left. <laughs> it's a scary experience, isn't it? I think probably going to a barber's in London is as scary as maybe going to prison with Paddington. I'm not going to comment. No. <laughs> so Brendan Gleeson's knuckles and all the other guys in the prison. I, I really like that whole the whole section. It seems it's nonsensical, but I just I just want to make marmalade at the same yeah, time. <laughs> I do. It seems a very intensive process for not much reward. What mar- <gasps> do you like marmalade? Well, you're not going to eat it every day, are you? I mean, you could you have it on toast, but what else would you do with it? Um, I don't know. It's a fair point. You could bake with it. I'd bake with it. I'd put it in a yeah. cake. But I think I, I like the whole like prison thing. It's, it's quite, it's, it just shows sort of like, I know it's basic, but I, I love it because it's, it shows how he wins them over despite making all their, um, like their prison um, outfits pink. And yeah, the one washing machine thing I never thought about before. And now I'm going to always think about it every time I think, every time I watch it. Thanks, Kobe. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's really nice. Like he wins everyone over, even like the toughest guy there. Just by being himself, by being nice, because yeah. you know. There's also the message of looking for for the good in everyone, isn't it? That's yeah. the, the whole well, that's, point. That's, that, that's the main know. thing with Paddington. Yeah. He's looking, he's looking for the good in everyone. His main weapon is a hard stare, which which melts people's hearts and <laughs> makes them feel uncomfortable. And you know, I wish that there was someone who's around to give Suella Braveman a, a hard stare and just like, oh yeah, I'm, I've been a knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, Maybe I think. We Clockwork Orange here with Paddington until oh my God. <laughs> until Good she this has gone becomes dark. nice. 
And the train sequence, we've seen a few train sequences this year in film. Um, and this is still one of my favorite ones, actually. Mm. I agree. And there's a bit where he's got the toffee apples on top of the, on the top of the, and then using like suctions. That, yeah. that scene just always makes me just, just laugh with, it just, it's brilliant. I don't know how they did that, but it's just brilliant. Trained a bear to do it and then copied it. <laughs> <laughs> It's very sort of um, a ridiculous Mission Impossible style, yeah. In a way, um, but yeah, I, I I love that bit. It's, it's fun. There there is there is that bit where he throws a coconut at uh, Phoenix Buchanan, and he's just so lucky he doesn't like fall backwards instead of forwards. Yeah, I think I literally said that as we we're watching it today. I'm yeah. like, if he'd fallen backwards, he would have gone on the tracks with that book, and yeah. That wouldn't have yeah. worked at all. But that's the thing with these films. You've got to kind of buy into these little points yeah. that are like, oh, what if it did this or what if it did that? No, I love the train sequence. I think it's great. It's definitely up there amidst train sequences. I think the wrong trousers will always be my favourite oh, train sequence Lord. in yeah. anything that's a, that's ever. One, isn't it? It's just, it's the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's a fun yeah. kind of action caper ending to the, to the film. The wrong trousers one is like one of those things where as a kid, I was like, he hasn't got enough track in that box to make it make sense but it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter yeah, it doesn't matter that's fine <laughs> like again with the red with the red sock I noticed it in the cinema at the time I was like it doesn't matter it's fine it's great <laughs> is there anything else guys want to say before we head to the scores um that the ending always always yeah. gets me every single time it's like you just can't yeah like can't not uh, even though you know it's coming I'm just like just look at each like whenever me and they watch to go we just look at you at the end and always both of us are just a little bit like a little bit emotional a little bit teary um, there's yeah, some dust just, in my eye <laughs> it's, I'm not crying it's just remaining yeah. on my face yeah it's just so so lovely um, really heartwarming and also past like obviously although that's the ending the post credit sequence with um, Phoenix doing his song mm. and dance number in the prison is absolutely genius it's so so good, and I only found out this year that it's actually a Stephen Sondheim song. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, Plink, from a Sondheim musical. Plink, plink, yeah, plink, yeah. Plink. Rain on the Roof. It makes sense. Yeah, it's an actual song. It totally does. Yeah, um, but yeah, I love love that bit. It's just great. I was going to say one more thing quickly. Um, if you were watching it in company, uh, uh, every few seconds, did someone point and go, "Oh, that, that's that, that's that person." Yeah, because this feels like the most. Oh, that's that person from that that. TV advert or that film or when I know them where they're from film that I've seen in a long long time like is it it's not quite a cameo because they're kind of a part but it sort of feels like it's you know if you're watching this at Christmas you're not going to be able to get any peace because every every time someone pops up a different <laughs> person is going to go but that's, that's that's that person I think the the prison scene was I do like when you see a film recently and then you realize that's the first time you saw someone like so like Jamie Demetrio for example is in the prison sequence i'm mm. like that's that's staff staff that's that's, yeah oh is is, is um what what does what does um fleabag call him he's in, so he's in fleabag as well um the guy with the big teeth in fleabag um, um yeah what season one of fleabag is the guy with with the rat teeth i think that i think she calls him so yeah so there's definitely things like that I can, bus road so, yeah bus road is that one? bus road yeah it's something like that yeah yeah and then is that when um... you shouted when you when he came up? You're like, that's <laughs> I've like... never seen it, but I always think staff left let, let's flat. Yeah. And also like Noah Taylor's one of the prisoners too, and like yeah. everything else listed in him, and he's just an absolute arsehole. So he's the one who chops Jamie's hand off in Game of Thrones. He's in Peaky Blinders playing like one of Tommy's kind of 
adversaries as well like he, he's always like this very threatening kind of menacing <laughs> so to see him in like kind of this sort of film it's like oh okay <laughs> you can do this too oh okay i never knew what his name was yeah, yeah no, 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 <laughs> also, also in a, right? and also yeah. in a lot of wes anderson as well he pops up oh, do, oh okay in there as well but yeah, yeah it's does, it's, yeah. it's 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 that film where it's that person who's from that thing who's also mm. in this thing but when you watch this, you didn't realise it was them until you saw it now. <laughs> I think it's a lot of, um, this is the kind of film almost like all the Harry Potters where it just soaked up a lot of UK-based actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sure Paddington 3 will have a lot more of these. Um, one thing I really like to see, for the first time, I think, since the Kumars, seen Mira Sayal and um, Sandy Bhaskar in the same film, even though they're not... Yeah. Um, oh my god I didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> I knew that they were oh yeah that's so funny <laughs> but even though they're not related they're not they don't I don't think don't, I don't even think they talk to each other in the film no so stuff no, like that which is yeah, definitely really cool courtroom isn't she yeah, yeah. yeah she's like a barrister or something yeah should we head to the scores I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of the scores are out of five, and you can have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, please, Lizzie, with your recommendability. Oh, it's got to be a five. Like, <laughs> I love it. It's one of yeah, it's one of my favorite films. So, it has to be a five. Always recommend it to anybody. Neil, five. Yeah, I, I can't. There's no. Way. If someone asked me to recommend a family film, it would be this or something like this. I love this film. One of my favorites. Always makes me laugh. Always makes me cry. Brilliant. Helen. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be my first pick at all for, for like, what is the best kind of, like, all round a family film. I think probably it would be Toy Story 2 for me. I think that kind of is the the, the one. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really that fussed for this, but I know a lot of people love it, so I'll give it 4.5. Just, just... Just because you all love it so much, it's kind. It's kind of fun. It's just I don't know. It makes when I watch it, it makes me realise that maybe am I just a cold-hearted, cynical person who can't love Paddington? That's a debate to have less, another time. Um, I was going to just under five, but I think I need to give it five. Um, You've got to because the like when I saw Paddington one, I told my wife. I think I wasn't going to give it five because I know there's so many people who are like no, that's not going to work. That doesn't make sense as a film. Mm. And my wife was one of them where I came out of Paddington and was like, you got to see Paddington. She's like, why do what's that? That makes no sense as a film. And I went to see Paddington. She's like, you got to watch Paddington. She's like, no, 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 no. And then it's only when we had, we had our kid and uh, she watched it with him. Then she's like, oh, okay, sure, fine. I, I get it. I get it. It's great. Um, <laughs> um, so I think sometimes some films just make it just harder to recommend. You try and recommend it to people, but the, the kind of the premise doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you kind of just think maybe it's too much of a kid's film, maybe, but it's just it's just not. And you know, even time, even though you go to bat for it, people still kind of bat it away and like, no, 
Um, but I don't it, know anyone that, who doesn't love this. Like ev- this is mm. the thing. Everywhere I go, people love it, and I'm like, oh, I just. I think when I saw the first film, I remember some friends being like, oh, is that not like a kid's film? Thinking it was quite juvenile. But I think once you get, once you've seen the first film and get like the sense of the sensibility of it, that it does do that kind of, the thing that all those great films do, like has stuff for the kids and stuff for the adults. Then I don't know anyone who saw the first one who was like, oh no, I don't really fancy the second one. It's like, no. Absolutely. Repeat viewing score, Lizzie. Repeat viewing score. Again, I'd have to go for a five because we've watched it so many times, I think since. Like we saw it once on the big screen, but we've watched it so many times at home since then. Um, it's just really heartwarming and lovely. So, yeah. Neil? Five as well. Yeah, I think we've watched it, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 times or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Exactly. The thing is, it's been on TV at Christmas. So we watched it then. We watched yeah, it in the cinema. Uh, we watched it at my mum's once when it was on it again at Christmas. But And then now it's on Netflix, so you can watch it whenever. And it's just an easy watch. And if you've got... It's not one of those film, films that I would say if you've got nothing to watch, watch it. But it's also one of those films if you've got nothing to watch, watch it. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Or if you're just feeling rubbish, you've had a bit of a bad day, and you want yes. something just kind of heartwarming and cozy, and you know, it's a it's your one. Helen, I'm I'm not going to give it as high as you. I'm afraid I'm going to give it a three. I mean, I don't even know. I have seen it twice. I must have seen it twice. It's much. It's been out a lot longer than I thought. I thought it was more. Mm this side but it's not the actual it's the other side you mean of the pandemic yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know how i understood what you're talking about there <laughs> i knew it <laughs> i'm gonna have to give it a five yeah i never i haven't seen as much as you guys have but i'm i know it'll be a constant rotation in our house and it is an easy thing to say yeah it's let's just watch paddington 2 and I can watch it and pay attention or I can watch it and doze in and out or I can watch it and might be doing other stuff and come back in and be like, oh, it's this bit and then walk out again. Um, so it's, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty unique film to have that that kind of sensibility to it. Small screen score, Lizzie. I think I'd still love it even if it was on a small screen, but my preference would be not for a small screen. So I'll maybe go like four. By small screen, we just mean not in the cinema. Uh, okay. Okay, so if, like it's, if, it's, if it's like a TV screen, then yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like a, I'd still give it a five, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Still love it. It's not one of those... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's like colourful and it's got like the action sequences and things, but it's not one of those that's like, you know, you absolutely have to see it on a big screen to get the best out of it. I think, you know, you still get all the warmth and the heart from it, um, watching it on TV at home. So, yeah. Neil? I'd say five as well. I think it just works on any screen I don't feel it's inherently cinematic because there's certain things you want to watch in the cinema and like whilst we did see this in cinema and it was fun it works just as well at home on on our TV so yeah I'd get five Helen yeah Paddington's not getting me out to the cinema so I'm going to give it a five for small screen as well (laughs) (laughs) I'm just Uh, not going to go and see it at the cinema I'm going to go 4.5 because I I think I'd like to, I'd like to see this in the cinema with a similar kind of scenario of being surrounded by families uh, watching it rather than just a bunch of sad blokes with the cinema world card, <laughs> <laughs> which is ninety percent of my viewing experience. Um, I think a Paddington one and two, and then Paddington three at the Prince Charles Cinema, cinema would be a great. <gasps> yes, after the that, would that would be amazing. amazing. I'll tweet them. <laughs> um, engagement score, Lizzie. Uh, yes, yeah, five. Yeah, I just love it. I'll give I'll give it five for everything. So, I think yeah. I would have been disappointed if you'd have dropped a score on on something. I was like, yeah, this is this is a committed to five across the board yeah. score. If I ever saw yeah. one, yeah, definitely. 
Neil. Five. <laughs> I can't I can't up and give it five. Uh it's, it's yeah, as soon as it's on, you just leave it on and you just don't turn it off. There's there's a good handful of films like that that Lizzie and I are I suppose obsessed with and you know, this is definitely one of them. Helen. Mm. I think you've already said it in that it's a film that you can kind of like have on and not pay attention at the same time as have on and pay attention. And I think it, for all it's kind of like appeal to adults, it is quite simple in terms of its plotting and, and, and storytelling. So uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5 for engagement. I don't think there's any great surprises along the way. And yeah, it is, you know, it's kind of... You could you could put it on at Christmas with the entire family talking all over it and trying to remember who's who and, and still and still kind of check what's going on with, with people talking. Um I've just gone to our scoreboard because I'm interested to see where this is gonna land. Um so I sorry, just you said five. Steamrolled it. No. <laughs> so was was that five for engagement, sorry, Helen? It was it was three point three point five. Oh, sorry. Three point five. Yeah, I just said the five bit in there, um, and I'm going to go for again. I'm, I'm going to go for four point five because I've just, I'm just at that stage where I've seen it so many times. That's why I feel I can kind of pick it up and drop it uh, where I need to. When you know, if I just need to do other things, then it's great that I can leave like Milo in front of the TV and he'd be happy. So four point five, and that gives us an overall score of. <laughs> so our top, our top scoring film at the moment mm. is When Harry Met Sally joint with The Fugitive at 4.78125 um, people who can't do maths in their head and keep a track of the scores well, so people who can probably know what the score is already but Neil, Lizzie do you think this is beating that or less than that? Uh, that's I think that's maybe a bit less I think the 3.5 might have brought it down a bit <laughs> Um, but yes, I think not, someone in this group has made it less. If it, if it doesn't score quite as highly as When Harry Met Sally, a la la la, because When Harry Met Sally is one of my all time favorite films and it is the best rom com of all time. So I, I won't I won't feel too too badly <laughs> if it doesn't score quite as well as that. I think it's close. Uh, it scores four point six eight. Oh, sorry, hold on, I'm on, looking at the wrong thing now. Four point six eight seven five zero. So it is. Ooh. It is number. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in there. It slots just below what we do in the shadows and above Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what a, That's quite what a sandwiching sandwich. there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um I thought it was gonna be high, but yeah. I'm I thought sorry. I thought it might challenge number one, but it's just sorry, not guys. I know. <laughs> I am cruel and heartless and <laughs> have no soul. It's all right, we forgive you. Uh, so Neil and Lizzie, thank you very much for picking a film. Can you tell us, everyone who's listening, where they can find you online? Uh, also, goodbye to the listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, at underscore Neil's Real Deal, all double E's, because I don't know why, because it just sounded funny. Uh, and same on Instagram. And Lizzie? Uh, yeah, I'm literally just, I'm nowhere near as, like, um, Neil's far more active on it than me. Um, but I'm Lizzie underscore Swindles on Instagram and Lizzie1708 on Twitter. All right. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Bye. 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 Bye.
enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at Flixwatcher pod on twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and rockwood audio's editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them Flixwatcher sent you You just heard a stripped media production.